welcome to the Hobby Tassel podcast. I'm Gemma. And I'm Candice. This is the podcast for creatives run by two fellow business owners who discuss the ups and downs of creative entrepreneurship. From dealing with imposter syndrome to celebrating new business milestones, we're here to talk about all of them with you. Hi, and welcome back to the Hobby Tussle podcast. My name is Gemma, and I'm here with my co-host, Candice. Today, we are going to be talking about starting an art business on a budget. So, Candice, I'm going to throw a question at you <laughs> off script. How <laughs> much money do you think people need to start an art business? Okay, are we, mm, like, from scratch? From scratch, an art business what okay for at because i don't know about other ones i'm just gonna say for i'm gonna say two numbers one of which was for calligraphy and one of which is for uh stickers um because i started off with calligraphy i would say total i spent roughly maybe two to three hundred dollars cash because the rest of it was just doing research, which I already have access to because internet and stuff like that. And then the other number, this is going to sound kind of shocking, but roughly like a thousand. Okay. Okay. Listeners, don't turn off. Candace's <laughs> figures are crazy. I can tell you how to start an art business on £10. Can I justify mine first, though? <laughs> yeah, Because I, I was thinking, like, what is realistic? Now, the reason why I said $300 was... the, For example, like, the calligraphy stuff, I was thinking more of, like, when you want to sell, how much the supply will cost. So I know at Michael's, even on a 40% discount, which they have, their envelopes, just their bulk package envelopes, I believe is like $17. And then you have your Tombow brush pens, even if you don't use Tombow or like you use another calligraphy pen, that costs roughly maybe $15 or so. I mean, technically, yeah, you can start it at $50. But that was just like the stuff that like if you had no colors and stuff like that, because I remember I'm like, why is everything so expensive? So that was my experience. And for the sticker business, it was I don't really know much about other devices that you can use other than the Wacom tablet, the Surface Pro, like the tablet, as well as iPad to draw. And that even if you buy second hand is expensive. That's why I said that number. It's to design itself, yeah. Yeah, so although we're talking about starting a business on a budget, it is context-driven. What niche are you in um, will make a big difference. So I am just thinking more of what's the cheapest niche you can get started in. I'm coming from a click-free perspective. So I would say that the cheapest niche you can get started in is commissions or are commissions. I don't know the grammar, um, but you can buy a pack of paper for five pounds. You could buy a a Pentel brush pen for like three pound, three, four pound on eBay. And then you could buy a pound's worth of like confetti 
as like decoration for pictures. So I am thinking of the absolute core materials and you can then use your social media to promote your commissions. So that's how I'm thinking you can start to get money into your business to then start to grow it. Because obviously you'd want paper variations and stuff I expect over time, but just to get started. So there's kind of, yeah, a few things to think about. I mean, obviously there's the marketing side and the logistics side, and then there's the equipment side. What resources do you actually need? And I think for a lot of people listening that are hobbyists, they will have most supplies already. You know, when I started my click-free business, I had so many brush pens already and so much card. Yeah, I think also if you're unsure of your niche, you wouldn't want to spend loads of money on equipment anyway. So when I say £10, Candice, do you think I'm being unrealistic? <laughs> Just slightly. But but it also depends on what kind of niche. It ha- 100% is what you said earlier, like the context of it. Because there's people who want to do, um, even in calligraphy, if they don't want to sell cards. I think when you're selling something physical, the supplies that you need at first can add up. Unless if you already have the stuff. But if I was... Like, like I said, I was like, if you're starting from absolute scratch, like you, you've never done it before as a hobby and you want to start doing it now, then that's when it costs uh, quite a bit. But there's also people who only need pens, which I understand some can be expensive and some can be cheaper, like when you first start off. But those are like the people who might go out to do like signages because their canvas is the actual signage itself, which most of the time... If they're doing it for another company, they're not paying for because the company's asking them to do it like a coffee sign or stuff like that. So they would only need the pen and I guess traveling. So I guess on the resources thing, a big point I kind of want to drill into people is to not buy all the things for your niche, even if you think (laughs) that's the route you want to go down until you have experience. It can cost a lot of money to buy stuff for a niche, even one you think is cheaper So for example, when I launched my calligraphy business and my website, I thought, oh, I'll offer wedding calligraphy. So envelopes and place cards, they're cheap, right? (laughs) And then suddenly I'd bought 10 different colors of these wedding envelopes and place cards and I'd easily spent over a hundred pounds. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's why I said, you know, commissions is a great way to get started because you only have to buy a pack of nice card and a pen and you can get started. So yeah, just be wary of that because even things that are cheap, if you then buy it in every color, <laughs> it can get very expensive. And you might change your mind, which I did. And I still have envelopes that I need to get rid of. <laughs> if you are the going on the route of like, well, I don't want to sell digital things. Or sorry, I don't want to sell physical things. I want to sell digital things. And... Uh, so basically like maybe digital invites and stuff like that you still need a device you it's it's so hard to draw or just to do other stuff without some form of pen that's digital I mean you could do it on Adobe Illustrator but that's going to cost you even if you're thinking of digital it it will have a cost and that's something that I as a person with a finance background, I don't want people to forget that because that's something that a lot of people do. 
that everything adds up but because you're in that oh but yeah but i needed it so i'm not going to calculate that no you should you should calculate it because then you're all you're going to get into a habit of spending unnecessary money which Gemma has gone over before i think we talked about it in december but there was an episode where we said don't spend unnecessary money and like be really conscious of what you're spending on and in relation to a digital resource i'm guessing you're referring to an ipad or alternative drawing methods uh, yeah. tablets but yeah. they've got to you've got to check with other artists i think and check the reviews to see if they're suitable as far as i know ipads are the only kind of popular tablet that are good for arts sadly other tablets from popular brands just aren't as good from an art perspective i would say the second best if not the one that can beat ipad where the professionals use is the wacom yeah so that's like a that designated still costs a lot drawing yeah yeah so if you do get an ipad look on ebay <laughs> you do not need to buy new Make sure that it's compatible with the pencil. That's really important. You don't want to buy an iPad and then it doesn't work with a pencil. But you do not need to be spending hundreds and hundreds of pounds on it. Um, I think mine was like the first generation you could use with a pencil. And I've had it for maybe three, four years and it's still going strong. And I think it was a gift, but I think it was two, three hundred pounds, which is a lot of money for some people, but... If you could save several hundred pounds, it's worth going down that route, in my opinion. Yeah. If I were to buy a new iPad Pro right now, it's, it's it'll be well over a thousand dollars. I got mine for four hundred because I got it secondhand with the pen and everything. So that's like a lot cheaper than if I were to buy new. Okay, so to cover some costs, if you are a physical product seller, we recommend pre-selling. Have you done pre-selling before? You have, haven't you? Yeah. So pre-selling is, if you're not aware, offering your product before it's been made or has arrived with you as a business owner. It's just gauging interest to see if customers are actually interested and they fund potentially the cost of production as well. Because that would be nothing worse than spending, you know, couple of hundred pounds on a first product only to find no one buys it and then you've wasted money <laughs> especially so early on yeah i've so one option that you can do is kickstarter and i've never tried kickstarter kickstarter is great but it is a little bit confusing to use that's why i never used it and when I pre-sale my products are already in production it's just whether or not someone wants to get it early so I am the type of person that will like get the things made before selling it. But that's only because I have the financial stability to means, yeah. Yeah, the financial means to do that. And not everyone has that, which is, you know, again, a privilege of mine. So in order for you to do pre-selling, it would get into that like marketing as well. And there's a lot of free ways to do to do marketing for your product for example getting samples from your manufacturer i have some plushies and those plushies i talked about it all the time i didn't tell anyone that it's available sorry i told people specifically that it's not available yet and that these are just something that i made for myself for the time being 
And then once I made them available, that's when they started selling. I do sell them at a physical store too, so that's much easier. Because shipping is a, a thing and it sucks here in Canada. But that's something else that you guys can do. You can get samples created and then you, you know, market them very well on your social media platforms for free. Not advertising. Like just do it, just talk about it. <laughs> Moving on to production. Production could be very expensive if you want to buy the machinery to do it yourself. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Candace has got a very expensive machine. I mean, even Cricut machines, is that how it's pronounced? Yep. Cricut? I, I think so. I'm never sure. I'm pretty sure it's called Cricut, um, yeah. Because it's a bug. Even those, like... <laughs> even those are, you know, hundreds of pounds. They are very expensive for a lot of people. So what you could do instead is if you ha happen to have an iPad and a way of creating art digitally is then send that to some factory that could produce a product for you. So even though your margins are much lower, it gives you an understanding of what you like selling, what's popular, and kind of getting a feel for your business before you invest in that machinery. It means you can get a feeler for stuff as well. But not just that, it, some people wouldn't like to do the production themselves. Some people may not enjoy that side of the business and might want to outsource it anyway. So that's something to consider too. I'm the type of person that w does not like to outsource unless it's absolutely necessary. Tell me you're a control freak without telling me you're a control freak. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really is. It, has, it's, it comes down to that, the how much control I have. So let me tell you guys what I have. I have... <laughs> And what you don't need, I have a Cricut machine and it's the Cricut Maker 3. So it's the more expensive one. I know a lot of people are happy with the Explorer Air 2. That one's a good one as well. I've never tried it though. So I'm only saying it's good because everyone else is saying it's good. Okay, so don't come at me for it. Um, <laughs> the second thing that I have is the Silhouette Cameo 4. Now I know that that's also the higher tier of Silhouette. However, my husband got it for me as a gift. That, but that still costed him and like technically costed us um, at the end of the day. So those two machines cost over like a grand already. And then to like to narrow down how much control I need to have over my productions, I have a $14,000 printer. <laughs> it's a commercial printer. Now you, you absolutely do not. I don't know anyone else. Candace <laughs> has like a guilty look on her face like... <laughs> Should I be telling people this? <laughs> you absolutely do not need something like this. You really don't. The only reason why I'm like this is it's it's honestly to satisfy my anxiety. That that was it. And my need for perfection. I'm not saying that you're not going to get perfect results with a regular home office printer. You can't. A lot of people use Epson EcoTank. Um, I know that can cost like $800 or so. Or you can start off with like just a regular... Uh, laser printer the quality might not be the same that's fine because you're just starting off then you should price it right and i have to interject and say this isn't a normal printer like this is would you say an industrial printer? it's a commercial printer to the point where yeah, i'm not allowed i'm not printer. even allowed to move it unless if canon representatives come in like when i move my home <laughs> they have to come in to move it i can't unplug it i'm not allowed to do all that stuff i'm, I'm not restricted wow from doing it but this printer is half the size of my den so that that's why i'm saying you guys don't need that 
You really don't. Can I remember <laughs> Candace being like, "Oh, let me show you my printer, so you know what I'm on about." And it is massive. <laughs> I was like, "It is bigger what? than your desk." Yeah, <laughs> you're in you're in like a flat. Like, <laughs> um, it's quite a lot of room to take up. Um, so that's, that's why I'm saying another you, reason. Me and Gemma are saying you don't need it. Yeah, that yeah that sums up our point. You don't need machinery. You can look at outsourcing production. And then, you know, as you grow, you can then think about buying that machinery once you have the funds to do so. Yeah. Any other points on that, Candice, before we move on? The reason why I bought my commercial printer was because I, based on my last 365 days and last 90 days, I was able to calculate how long it would take for me to recover that cost. And I recovered that cost for my printer within, I would say, at most five months because it reduced the cost of production. That's what Gemma and I were saying. Like, well, that's what Gemma said earlier regarding your margin. Yes, when you outsource it, the margins are going to be smaller. But until you get to that point where like you get more consistent income, then you can consider upgrading your things. Don't go gung-ho and buying the top tier stuff and expect people to, you know, know who you are exactly and why they're buying your things and, and stuff like that. Don't do that. It's just yeah, going to hurt you. It takes a while to get established. Yeah, I think... So I taught my first workshop in 2019. But then I bought a load of stuff for my business over the course of like a couple of years and like invested in myself. It probably wasn't until my second or third year that I broke even because I spent too much money on things that maybe weren't necessary. So just be very conscious, I think, is our point. And, you know, if you're not in a rush and you're happy to invest and wait for that money to come back, that's fine. But for those that are on a tight budget, you're just going to be need to be more considerate of that. Okay, so another kind of piece of equipment I don't want you spending money on is a camera. Use your phone <laughs> for photos and videos. Unless you have a Nokia brick, you likely have a smartphone that will be suitable for taking photos and videos, at least to get you started. You know, I think the main important thing is that your photos are bright and they're consistent. Do you think you need a camera, Candice? Absolutely I mean, I don't not. Think... I don't have, I don't use, I have a, well, I mean, William has a $2,000 camera. Um, just the camera itself, not including the lens. It was four grand in total. I'm not using that. I only use my iPhone and I have an iPhone XR and I'm very happy with it because I can edit the photo in Lightroom. So four years, I mean, I've never been someone that's mad about the latest phone. I had, I think it was like a Pixel. It was either the first generation of the Google Pixel or basically I, I liked it. It was good enough, the photos were good enough, and it was absolutely fine. Videos-wise, it was okay. It was only when my business needs changed and suddenly I needed to record for two and a half hours straight that I needed a phone with a better battery life and things. But my phone was really good and it was a budget phone. You Even if you're thinking, oh, I need a better phone, do you? Or are you just saying that so you can buy something? <laughs> you really don't. Like, I use my iPhone to vlog as well. 
and the camera quality to me at least is decent like it's not 100% the best because I can't zoom in and zoom out and stuff like that but I don't really care for that at the moment and then I recently bought a lavalier mic I got that off Amazon for like $50 it's like those mics that you like plug and play oh i'm not gonna buy a gopro or like the dji pocket um pocket camera just so i can vlog with it just so it has a better mic most of the time you should buy an external mic anyways if you're at my stage of business which i'm two years in at least but if you're just starting out and you want to document what you're doing or you want to make instagram reels or you want to take basic product photos it really comes down to practice to showcase your style and artwork. So thinking of microphones, so my microphone was probably one of the best business investments I made. I upgraded it just before the podcast, but before then I was using the Blue Snowball and it made such a difference because it meant I could record videos and the audio was really clear and not staticky. But before then, I was using my phone and although the audio isn't very nice to listen back to when I go back, I didn't need perfect audio because everything was a bit rubbish that I was doing. And, you know, it gave me a chance to get experience of recording and starting to feel comfortable in front of a camera. I didn't need fancy tech to be able to do that. Yeah, so a phone is plenty for you to get started with. And it doesn't have to be like the latest iPhone. It can be a pretty basic smartphone. And to extend to that, so not only do you not need an expensive phone, you can just use the phone that you're using right now. Again, unless if you're using like a really outdated phone that your camera doesn't work or whatever, just use Lightroom like the free version of Lightroom. There's also a lot of other photo editing apps out there that can help you enhance your photos. Watch a couple of YouTube videos of how like photographers changed a garbage photo into a really good photo without switching the equipment and only using like, like free software. Because there are videos like that because those are challenges. And again, it comes down to how good you can use the software. So one of which that I use is Lightroom. And, you know, if you are nervous about, well, you're going to need to learn to edit a bit eventually. But say if you have a Nokia brick and you don't have the means to take photos, I expect that you have a friend or a family member where you can say, hey, <laughs> could I be a pain in the bum? Do you mind if I borrow your phone? for 10-15 minutes to take some photos to send to myself and if they're a good friend and family member they'll probably be like yeah go ahead because <laughs> um, they know it's for your business and there are ways basically around any kind of budget limitations you have it's just about getting creative at times so you touched upon software so rather than Adobe we you can use things such as Canva, and I'll let you talk more about that, Candice, because you have more experience with Adobe than I do. 
and I have more experience with Canva than you do, <laughs> which goes to show that I'm the budget, more budget conscious person. Yeah, yeah. $14,000 printer. <laughs> I recently made a video on YouTube or I released a video on YouTube regarding how to make digital image listings. So it's for people who don't want to take physical photos of their stickers anymore and want to strictly do it digitally, which I do for all my planner stickers and other stuff. I use my actual phone. However, I do use Adobe Illustrator to, I guess, manipulate my, not manipulate, to move around my images to make it look nicer. But you don't have to use Adobe because Adobe is expensive. It is expensive and it, it's not necessary unless if you actually want to learn how to use Adobe stuff. Adobe's learning curve is so steep, is, is, is very steep. I'm sure some of you have, you know, turned on Photoshop before via school. Like, I'm sure some of you have had used or like some of you have touched Adobe and was like, this is a landmine of what the heck is going on, you know? So I think unless you are actually using Adobe, at least 60 to 70% extent, don't get it like at all. It's very expensive. I'll show a tutorial on how I do it on Canva later, but Canva is a very good way for you to edit your photos. I don't know how, but I am using it right now just to teach myself how to so I can do a comparison video of Adobe Illustrator and Canva. But Gemma uses it. I don't know how Canva compares to Adobe on that side of things, but Canva in general is really user-friendly, like really, really user-friendly. And there's so many options from a marketing perspective. It has just been incredible. And I still absolutely love it. I use it daily, pretty much. I use it so often. So highly recommend checking out Canva. Look at other free alternatives to paid ones. So it's not just Adobe Photoshop, for example, Premiere Pro. There's something called ClipChamp, which is like a Microsoft free video editing software. That's fine. That's absolutely fine to get you started. And I would say it's much more user-friendly too. To give you guys some context, I've been using Adobe Illustrator since my university years. So I have well over probably 500 hours on it and I still don't know how to use it to its full extent. I learned how to use Canva within 20 minutes because I was able to learn it to give someone a tutorial really quick over Instagram. So it, it just goes to show like how complicated Adobe is because it is used in the professional field. You don't need it yet. Yeah. You might not ever need yeah. to need it too. Yeah. I mean, because it's not just a, f a monetary expense, it's a time expense as well. You may not want to spend time in your business being on Adobe. You might want to outsource that to someone else. So yeah. Cool, so let's move on to our final points. Where to sell? Because you don't need to set up a website to launch a business. Now, websites are very powerful and I might talk about that on a separate occasion, but you can use free providers such as Etsy that have customers waiting for you. And yes, it's competitive, but it's free to use. 
And if you study up on how to do Etsy SEO and things like that, you can, you could definitely do that. <laughs> I mean, I'm not that experienced with Etsy, so maybe I'll let you take over this part, Candice. So Etsy, you don't need to pay a subscription or anything like that unless you want to go to the pro plan. Etsy only charges you if you make sales and for you to put up your listings. So it's 20 cents USD to put up a listing and then it refreshes every four months if it hasn't made a sale. And unless if it gets a sale, then it'll charge that 20 cents again for you to put up. So basically every item that you put up, it'll have that 20 cents charge. So technically you can have a whole bunch of listings up, not sell anything, and Etsy won't charge you until four, other than that one time in the very beginning, until four months after you've up, initially uploaded that uh, listing. So it is a good way for you to sell on Etsy if you just start off because Etsy already has their own audience um, foundation. So not saying you don't have to try as hard, but you don't have you technically don't have to try as hard if you had your own website. Yeah, there's very little setup involved in comparison to a website because you've got to set up your profile, but then then you're straight onto listings. You don't have to create the layout of the website and things like that. But for those that do like the idea of doing a website or creating a website, it doesn't have to be, you know, hundreds and hundreds of pounds. You don't need to outsource someone to design your website. You, <laughs> sorry to um, any friends that do website design, but you don't need them. <laughs> Not at this stage in your business. You know, they are great for people that are not technologically savvy at all, or for people that have gone beyond, kind of scaled beyond something they can manage and need that extra functionality on their website. But there's so many options for beginners to set up a website. I use Wix, they're very user-friendly, and yeah, I would say it's really straightforward to set up. They have loads of instructions as well on how to set things up. If you get confused, message their support team to be like, help, I don't know how to do X, Y, Z. And they may direct you to a forum and then go, no, help, but I've read that, please help further. And then sometimes they look into things, but yeah, it doesn't have to be a super big initial expense, but you don't have to pay for an annual subscription either you could pay monthly if that's more affordable you know say if it costs 250 pounds a year although personally I think that's worth it and worth the upfront investment because I know I'm going to use it if you can't afford that lump sum you can start paying monthly instead I don't know if Squarespace allow you to do this but Wix also let you set up your website for free and you only pay money once you hit publish so that's a great way to save some money as well. Yeah, I don't think Squarespace does that. Yeah, Pretty so cheap. it's a re it's a good reason. It's one reason why I really like Wix. And cool. if you're sorry, one more thing I want to mention: if you're not down to open up any websites because that's stressful, and you would rather just sell off of Instagram and stuff like that, like completely no other third party involved other than your processing payment issue situation you can technically sell off of your dms as well 
if that's how you want to receive either commissioned artwork or maybe you're selling something and you pin it on your Instagram and you might be wondering, well, how am I supposed to charge these people? Just use Square. Square is free. They only charge you your um, processing fees, which I mean, like any credit company would do. Um, so it's either Square, Stripe. So you can just send the person an invoice via their email, which you would need anyways, because, you know, you got to get that contact information. And then Square, Square also allows you to check off the request for shipping address so they can fill that in. They don't have to put in their shipping information into Instagram if they don't are if they are not comfortable with it. So you can do stuff like that. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, before we wrap up, I guess I want to ask you one question, Candice. If you had to buy one item to start an art business, what would you buy? For... If it's calligraphy related, it would be a Tombow brush pen. Just one. When you first start off, or like if I had no... Are we, are yes, we considering budget? Just starting off. Okay. Let's, let's say a maximum of £20. Or the Canadian equivalent. Let's say you can only buy one item and it has to be less than £20. To start an art business, what would you buy? Calligraphy, definitely a Tombow brush pen. I don't know for a sticker. I don't know if it's doable for a sticker. I could be so wrong. Like, imagine other sticker business out there just go like, how does he get this? Um, you know what? I would say a set of colors, like either pencil crayons or other stuff like that to show my artwork. So it's interesting you've gone for actual supplies just so you can show your artwork which makes sense for sticker business yes mm, yeah and I same don't... for calligraphy because you went for the pen yeah what would you do see in my head i was thinking my microphone but that even the cheaper one was more than 20 pounds yeah that's why i was like <laughs> um so yeah mine would probably be the brush pen as well you know, a pack of brush pens or something, or a brush pen, just to get started. Um, yeah. So I really do think you can start a business just with pens or paints and paper. I genuinely believe you can start a business with that. I don't think you need anything else. Obviously, <laughs> depending on your niche, you may need additional supplies to help you go into that niche, but... If you just want to earn money to get started with, I don't think you need a lot of money and a lot of supplies. We're, Gemma and I are not, we're not trying to be telling you, you know, you can start a business, you can start a full business or like a part-time business under $100 or $200. We are being real. Like that's not a, like it's, there are a lot of YouTube videos out there that can show you tips and tricks of starting out. A business under a hundred dollars but we also want you to remember that did they have those things already did they have some supplies already Gemma and I are talking about from the like let's say you're a baby and all of a sudden you turned like 20 years old that's how bare minimum we're talking about right now so it is very hard yes to start a 
business under $100 um, if you want to start making money. But if you want to just start off on getting known and seen, it is possible. It's just to the production part is a little bit more difficult if you want it mm. to be under $100. Yeah. So I think that wraps up the episode. Um, <laughs> I was... I'm like quite tired, so I hope I still came across with enthusiasm. But I do, yeah, I do generally believe you can start a business on a budget. Um, yeah, just do what works for you. And if you get really stuck, you know, post in my free Facebook group. Um, yeah, and ask questions if you get stuck. Ask the community for support. Like, oh, if I have to get this or this, which one should I buy? And yeah. Utilize the community. To go over what we went over today, because it's a bit of a short one, we went over how you can start a free website. So using Wix or technically not free, but more free than anything else is Etsy. Outsourcing your production. You Again, you don't need expensive printers and you don't need a Cricut or Silhouette machine or any color cutting machine. You can start with commissions or cheaper customizable items, you know, such as like greeting cards, um, envelopes, stuff like that. You can use your phone for photos and videos. You you really don't need anything expensive. Again, I use an XR, iPhone XR and that's like, I don't know, like four or five years old. I could be wrong, but yeah. You don't need paid software. So there's things like Canva. There's things like the free Lightroom for you to edit your photos and stuff like that. And you don't need to buy all the things that you think your niche is going to be in because you're just starting out. You don't really know what your business is going to turn into. So don't buy from A to Z of like supplies in case you change your mind because that happens quite often. And if you're going to start selling and you don't know what your customers are looking for yet, then you can consider doing something like pre-selling or sampling your product and then hyping it up before you tell people it's available. Cool. Thanks for wrapping up, Candice. I hope you found this episode helpful. Don't forget to let us know if you're listening because Apple Podcaster won't show us reviews. <laughs> so we need a validation <laughs> to continue. Um, yeah, but honestly, if you're enjoying the podcast... Tag us, let, let us know you're listening. I think we would find that comforting because <laughs> at the minute we're just talking to each other and that's boring. <laughs> um, <laughs> cool. So we'll wrap up and we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye, everyone. <laughs>